Hey everyone, thanks again for joining another episode of the Built By Podcast. Uh, my name is Matt Miner. Um, joining me today is James McClister, uh, Managing Editor at Pro Remodeler. Um, James, thanks so much for joining. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So um, before we dive in, um, we've got a lot of good stuff I want to talk about. But um, if, you know, your time at uh, Pro Remodeler, you guys are, are a amazing resource for the home improvement industry. I would love to hear um, kind of your background, how you got into it and kind of your role there as a managing director. Well, I sort of fell into Pro Remodeler from another magazine gig. I was editor at a real estate magazine called Chicago Agent Magazine, which was actually one of many magazines published by Agent Publishing in the magazine world. It's usually like you have a publisher and then they have several little magazines within within that 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 family. And so, um, weirdly, I guess it's not actually that odd, but real estate and remodeling, while not like the same industry or, or there's not a ton of overlap, they are, they are adjacent in a lot of ways. So it was a pretty easy transition for me um, to move to Pro Remodeler, and I've been there for about three years now. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So I know uh, yesterday we were talking, um, you deal a lot uh, with... Um, the, the content being produced and um, a lot of the associations like NARI and, and AHB and stuff. Yeah, we tried to have a pretty strong network, not just for the magazines, but everyone involved with our magazine. We try to plug ourselves into the industry um, as often and as much as possible. So we do a lot of work with the associations. Um, we were Our upcoming um, issue, as I mentioned yesterday, is going to have the Cody Awards from from Nari's uh, 2020 national winners. Uh, we do a lot with the National Association of Home Builders, like New American Remodel. Our sister publication, Pro Builder, does New American Home. If you guys are familiar with them, or if you go to IBS, you have a chance to, to take a look at them next year. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And our so our network is very expansive, not just to associations, but remodelers, industry organizations, and I sort of work on a lot of projects with those, but then also at the same time do exactly what you kind of imagine a managing editor to do, which is sort of manage the magazine and edit and write. Yeah. Manage the editing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's, that's awesome. So of course, right off the top, I mean, I know everybody is tired of talking about it, but it's impossible to ignore uh, like the pandemic COVID-19 crisis and things. And actually I was really interested from your perspective as someone that's, you know, keep your job essentially is to have your finger on the pulse of what's happening in the home remodeling industry, home improvement industry. Um, what did that look like from your perspective, um, from from a media organization? How, how did you see things happening in the market, and and what what was your reaction, and how did you guys pivot? So, it's it's it. There's a huge impact to media organizations as a separate sort of situation to be in a media industry that covers remodeling. So you can sort of see COVID coming as a big problem early on. I remember even before Shelter in Place, we started bouncing around ideas of taking some of our upcoming events because we're also a big events holder. We do Extreme Lead Generation, Extreme Sales Summit, Women in Residential Construction. These are all huge events that bring remodelers you know, hundred by the hundreds from around the country to a singular place, which right now it seems just like it's illegal, I think. I think it would be illegal <laughs> for a lot of places to do that. So immediately for us, it was, okay, how do we still 
deliver the same sort of value because these events aren't just being held for the hell of it, uh, pardon my language, but You're good. It, yeah, yeah it, it, it's because we want to deliver a lot of really good content um, to, you know, remodelers who want it. And so now it's, it's become an issue of, of how do we put that into like a, a virtual setting or, or like how do we provide that within the context of now? So that was one of our big challenges early on. But as it's moved on, it now becomes like an information delivery as well because it's we need to have a more digital focus and every magazine can say that. But the remodeling industry, and this is something you and I sort of touched on yesterday, um, the remodeling industry has been behind in a lot of ways, which has hurt remodelers, I think, in a lot of ways. But for a media company, it's an interesting dynamic because print has remained very relevant in the remodeling industry the way it hasn't remained in a lot of other industries. So we have dedicate a lot of our resources to print. But now in this situation, it gives us, I don't want to call it a good opportunity, but it gives us an opportunity to really pump a lot of effort and investment into our digital um, offerings. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm hoping this sort of uh, revolutionizes us in a digital way. Yeah. Will, like sustain even after quarantine and COVID-19 is done. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and you touched on it. Like, it, it's really interesting seeing this industry. Um, I can't not admit it that the home improvement industry can be considered one of the laggards in terms of technology and digitization. But um, I, I know we were talking yesterday, it's it's virtual appointments have become really a, a big, big thing for home improvement companies. And, um, you know, determining what was essential versus non-essential and then everything was so confusing and adding on top of it things like virtual appointments or connecting with um, owner, homeowners and stuff like that so um really really interesting and getting back to that point of uh you know as things were going and progressing um how how did you get your finger on the pulse there? Were, were you talking to home improvement companies in each state? Um, I, I'd love to hear kind of how you were, were forming content that you knew was, um, you know, helping these businesses because, you know, pro remodeler is probably on the, the desk of every showroom for a home improvement company. Um, at least that I know we talked to. No, that's a, a good question. And for us, at least in the very beginning, well, at least for me as one of our like primary reporters, not if, as just something someone who's managing the magazine. What I wanted to know really is what the true scope and what the true impact of COVID-19 is on like a quantitative level. So a lot of my early stage resource uh, research was following the numbers, getting on CDC. John, John Hopkins does a really good um, tracker uh, of testing and uh, cases and just sort of trying to figure out exactly like, not what damage was being done necessarily, though it was, but like how many cases there were, how many deaths there were, and what states are being affected the most. And then luckily, as I've as we, we sort of touched on, we have a great network of industry contacts. So we started talking with Nari, obviously about it. We've, we've talked about, we've talked with NHB about it. Uh, we started talking to a number of remodelers uh, last year, we formed a uh, uh, an editorial board. We actually have two editorial boards, one for like the overall magazine, which covers 
you know, the entire uh, spectrum of remodeling from, you know, your big design build firms all the way down to like your little, you know, a chuck in a truck kind of guys who do maybe just exterior replacement or handyman stuff. Mm -hmm. um, we started talking um, with those, with that board. And then also another board we formed, which was ex exclusively for the exterior replacement side of the industry. Yeah. And we started having meetings with them and just asking them kind of straight up what's going on. Like, what, what are you hearing? And every time I talk with someone in the industry, whether It'd be you. I mean, we had a conversation about it last night or, or someone like Grant Farnsworth, um, who works with the Farnsworth Group and also the Home Improvement Research Institute, who I should add, have a weekly tracker that you can find on our website or you can find through their websites um, that talks specifically with remodelers and asks them by week or week by week, you know, how are you being impacted? Are you getting delays? Are your closures down? Uh, where are you getting your building materials? Like, what are you most afraid of? How long can you stay financially like viable before you start having some real problems? Mm -hmm. So we, it, it's it's like a tiered approach between looking at the actual numbers from uh, like a health perspective, and then also talking to remodelers. There's no other really good way to find out what's going on other than those two. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny you mentioned the Farnsworth Group. That was actually my next um, kind of segue there, and I'm sure I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here, but. Um, from from that data that you've seen and, and the things that you've collected and the things you've heard from home improvement companies, um, what what sticks out? What what is what has been you know to you um, things that are working or things that may not be working that really you know you you saw in the market? So in in terms of um, the data coming from the Farnsworth Group and Harry, what that really does is it sort of gives us um, a diagnosis of what people are feeling in the industry right now. In right. terms of response, the things that I've, and this is anecdotal, so I mean, there's, I don't really have metrics on this, but from what I can gather and what I've heard and seen is that there's, there's a few things that have helped people get through this. Um, one was that you were already prepared. So you, and that means something like you had lines of credit or you had like big, stacks of cash on hand or yeah. both, which I mean, to be fair, every business should have a capital surplus that they're sitting on just in case of a rainy day. And they should also have open lines of credit in case something like this happens. There's another thing um, that companies should have, which is sort of a sliding scalability to where if all of a sudden your revenue contracts by half, which a lot of people are, are, are they're announcing like they're, they're getting half as much sales as they had before. Mm -hmm. And, you now need to reevaluate your business very quickly and be able to know exactly what kind of staff structure you need in place for the operational capacity that you actually need. And another part of, of the, what I've seen as being sort of effective in this crisis, because this really is unprecedented. So it's not like there's a good rule and there's like a good guidebook out there. Yeah. It, um, I think leadership in the sense of making hard decisions and making them Quick, um, if you look at the Farnsworth Group data, it shows that a lot of not over modelers are considering layoffs and layoffs and furloughs are not something that like I would ever want to promote. And I think that every company is probably making the decision that's best for them in the moment and their employees. But if your goal is to be a business person, one of the tough decisions you may need to make in a time like this will be layoffs and furloughs because unfortunately, 
to keep your business afloat, sometimes you kind of have to make those tough decisions so that you can reopen with a fervor later and have those people reemployed. So I think the people who are making early decisions um, and making them very clearly uh, are having a lot more success in terms of like mitigating the risk of financial instability later on. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like yeah. two part, like two parts there. Like um, it, it is a major, major tough decision. And and talking to other home improvement owners and and, and things like that, it's 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 one that it like you like you said, it's been in serious you know consideration because one, it's it's those smaller teams are more agile and can roll with the punches that are coming um, from the left and the right. Um, yeah. Things unexpected. Um, and two, there's a lot of technology out there that's allowing these companies to operate a little less bloated. That's probably not a, a good term, but um, I mean, true. I've heard trimming the fat is a term I hear a lot because there's a lot of budget reevaluation right now. And yeah. people are seeing fat where they can like, okay, I actually can't operate without this expense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, along those lines of technology, is there, I, I know we mentioned, we talked about yesterday that you were putting together um, kind of a comprehensive list of sorts, but something that's, you know, technology in the market that, that these home improvement companies may may or may not know about, but things that you're seeing that, um, you know, are worthy of, of mentioning. And um, are there any of those that off the top of your head that. Um, well, I mean, it's, there's a, a, not to use the word, overuse the word tiers, but in terms of like the technology that businesses can adopt, there's like tiers in terms of efficiency that you can gain. Like basic simple stuff, if you're a basic remodeler with not a lot of, let's imagine you're a carpenter who went into business for themselves and you don't have a lot of experience with running a business, you might have all your stuff on paper. And one of the easy transitions you can make is maybe to QuickBooks or something like that. And that can help you immensely. But if you're like a more sophisticated business and you already have that or you've already started building out spreadsheets for yourself, then you can adopt CRMs like uh, MarketSharp, something like that, or, or, or programs like Leap. And I mean, the list goes on and on. There's actually a lot of software out there available for modeling. But I think one of the big things is just adoption of digital processes or more efficiencies, which, let's be honest, digitization tends to be more efficient than anything that you're going to write on paper or do analog. Yeah. And what better time than now with, with everything, things are starting to get back to normal now, but uh, you know, work from home, things have kind of slowed down. It's a perfect time really to reevaluate a lot of those options and explore what's out there. And that's one thing that I know that we preach a lot is, you know, the companies that are, investing and in, in finding new technology versus battening down the hatches are the ones that when things do get back to normal um, are going to, in the words of one of our other remodelers, like eat, uh, you know, eat everybody else's lunch sort of thing. So no, absolutely. yeah, yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Um, so I want to talk about shift gears a little bit. Um, we're, you know, talking about kind of the end of, of, you know, all of this when things getting back to normal and you see it, a lot of the states that were previously had construction as non-essential have deemed them essential now and things are starting to open up a little bit more. Um, you wrote an article the other day um, talking about the new normal, which I thought was a really interesting concept. And, you know, I see this daily struggle of you've got 
um, home improvement companies that are, you know, live and die by the, the physical appointment in person and, um, you know, nothing more effective. And while some of those, you know, tenants are agreed, like hard to avoid, yeah. um, you have like the younger crowd, not necessarily younger, but the more open-minded crowd with virtual selling and, and virtual appointments. And there's really a, a, a like tug and pull there between the two. Um, I'd love to hear your perspective on, and I think you mentioned it the other day, it, it's kind of a, a marrying of, of two, uh, of both. It doesn't have to be one or the other um, from, from your perspective. Well, yeah. So obviously like virtual selling is one of those like rapid adoption things that has happened from quarantine that probably no one really expected because virtual selling has been in the conversation in remodeling spheres for years. Like I, I remember coming on just three years ago and I have, you know, like sort of this tertiary understanding of remodeling and I start to dive in pretty quickly because you kind of have to. And even in like passing conversations, it would sort of come up whenever you talk about innovation and what's to come but no one was really seriously adopting it. Even big companies that, you know, have the, the, the sort of uh, budgets to spend a little extra on something that might be like helping them for the future. A lot of them have established some sort of virtual selling team, but to the degree that we're seeing now where companies are, are, are going full in on virtual selling, um, this has been one of the like big outcomes of quarantine in terms of remodeling. And it's one of the ones that I think will, carry on into the future. Like you said, there, there is no back to normal because now you have homeowners who can take a, uh, an estimate meeting like right over, over their computer. And yeah. instead of having someone come into their home, interrupt their day really in a more significant way, like some people are just going to want that. And so in talking with remodelers who have adopted this at the moment, it, they have said that their sales are about half of what they do in person through virtual. But I don't know if that's more a reflection of the fact that more people are sheltering in place and more people are less prone to wanting someone in their house at the time. So I think this is going to slow regardless. Um, but in terms of uh, this sort of schism between people who really like virtual selling and people who don't, at least in terms of remodelers and specifically remodeling salespeople, uh, what I've heard, and we, we talked about this briefly yesterday as well, um, is that you have some old school salespeople who, and not even necessarily old school, I think some people just do well selling in person. They can form, a, you know, they form a relationship through a firm handshake and understanding body language and responding to environment. Maybe like saying, oh, you have a really nice house, you know, like using that kind of small talk. And when you're in a little box, it's it's weirdly you're you know you may be a hundred miles apart, but it can be a little bit more intimate almost because you're just kind of staring a person directly in the eye. And some people really thrive in that environment, and a lot of remodelers are finding that. And I do think it's more young people who are used to FaceTiming and Zoom calls or video calls or Google Hangouts or whatever it is you use. So I think there's going to be ultimately a divide between. Uh, people who sell online and then you'll probably have like an in-person sales team. But I think really what also it's going to be interesting for someone in the media like me is because now we have to cover the idea of virtual selling. So as a trade publication, we want to give information resources uh, and, you know, anything that falls on that spectrum. So now we're going to want to write articles about how to best 
use virtual selling as a tool, even after quarantine, which is probably going to be way different than it is now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Those processes and, and you know, that's, that's another thing we're hearing is, you know, it's easy to set up a, a virtual appointment, but like, how do you how do you do it? It's uh, I heard an interesting analogy the other day of um, it's 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 kind of like a football team that has like all the talent and then a talented coach that knows that has the playbook and in the locker room just gives them the playbook and says, good luck. And there's really no, because they don't know how to like put it in practice kind of thing. So um, there's definitely a gap there uh, in terms of education. That'll be really interesting to see. And I think pro remodeler is going to do a great job of covering that. Um, you know, the, it, it's a whole new world pretty much. Um, yeah. I'm excited to hear from, you know, remodelers after they have this in place for, you know, six months to a year. And when, when their team starts to get really comfortable with it, how, how drastically it changes companies. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and th- another thing that I want to segue into of how things have changed, um, we, you know, we saw industry kind of put the brakes on right at the beginning, um, trying to figure out what was happening. It's kind of that cartoon of the 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 train heading towards the blown out bridge and they're pulling the brakes and trying to make sure like stop it before the, the cataclysm happens. But um, now we're seeing a lot of people, you know, ease off the brake and start putting money back into advertising. And it's interesting to see the companies that have started to pour back a little bit earlier than the other ones, um, specifically in television, you know, had really good ad rates and are seeing a ton of success. And I know that's something that, that you mentioned and I'd love to hear, you know, your perspective on that. Yeah. So I, I can only speak to uh, California, Wisconsin and Arizona. So the, the remodelers I've spoken to, I spoke with um, uh, Brian Gottlieb from Tunderland, Abby Bender from uh, Windows by Abby and Lisa Sanders, who is a, is a sales manager for Reborn Cabinets in California or at least on the East Coast, or West Coast, excuse me. And they've all sort of said the same thing, and, and it's that their television ad rates, like, it's it's so cheap, and the yields they're getting from them, the lead yields, are incredibly high. And I think that the reason for that, just because of, like, the analytical mind in terms of, like, reporting, you kind of want to, like, start to pick into it, is that, well, one, there's two school of thoughts in terms of remodelers, people who think no one's able to remodel their home. So why advertise? And the other people who think, well, now the time is to advertise because everyone's sitting in front of their TV. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of states where remodeling is actually considered essential, whereas a lot of industries are not considered essential. So now you have all of these like ad buys that are no longer happening from other companies. So TV is just like struggling to feel, to fill their time slots. And so they're just giving stuff away. One little piece of advice I would give any remodelers who are listening. And this is something I got from Brian Gottlieb. So this is not like, you know, coming from me in my personal experience, but he suggested instead of talking to like the ad go between um, like the person who sells ads for a TV station to instead talk to station managers because they have different motives than ad sellers. They want to just fill time slots. So they're often more likely, at least in his experience to give you a little bit more of a discount um, not even maybe a discount, but to just give you a more reasonable rate because they're not trying to upsell you and to work on their commission. They're just trying to like fill those time slots. And often I'm hearing people are getting bonus time slots 
Um, so you buy a slot and then they say, okay, well, we'll throw in these slots as well. And the yields have been great because everyone's just sitting around their home. Well, and this is particularly, I think, to older to people who tend to still have um, like typical cable mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, yeah, the uh, basic network news, but exactly. it's interesting. You heard it here first. That's a total, you know, advertising hack for home room companies. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, very cool. Um, that's such an interesting, you know, thing, and especially you mentioned the the audience that's sitting at home, and like now's the time to get in touch with them, um, whether it's through text, whether it's through email, whether through it's it's through phone call, but getting your company in front of them while they're sitting at home waiting to talk to somebody. I know whenever I get a text from a number, I don't know. I'm like so excited that it's not my wife or you know, family. There's <laughs> yeah, like, oh, a social window. Like, let me jump through it. <laughs> exactly. Well, another thing I should add uh, for the advertising, um, which it again, for me as well, it was very surprising that this happened to be the case because I hadn't really logiced it out before I had the discussions. But I've also heard that some things that are really working for remodelers are making sure that in your advertisement, you're saying pretty explicitly like, yes, I, we know quarantine's happening, but we are still operating. Mm -hmm. And then to also reassure people, of course, that you are following like health protocols, you know, just remind people that like, just because the remodeler is working doesn't mean they don't care about health and safety. It really means that they think what they're doing is essential, which in a lot of cases it is because if you need something fixed, it, or if you're an old person and you need a, a handrail or a grip in your shower, that could be the difference between you having to go to the hospital when it's clogged with people with COVID-19 or you not. Um, and so it just, yeah, essentially, <laughs> like, let them know that you are open and that you're following health protocols, essentially. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, any other little tidbits like that? That's that's really like, you know, those are things you don't really think about. But I, one thing I've seen is that the company's a big like shift was um, nobody was really talking about COVID on their website, and now you go to any home improvement company website, and it's a huge red yellow banner that's like, oh, we know we're taking precautions. You know, we're, we're sanitizing samples. We take our, the temperature of our employees before they come on site and they stay six feet away. Um, and it's, it's taken the entire industry by storm. Everybody has it on their website. Um, kind of a gold rush there. And um, is it any, anything else along those lines that you've seen? Um, I mean, in terms of communicating, I, I totally agree with you that I've seen this like uptick in people describing those sorts of things because it's become sort of essential to tell people or to reassure people rather that you're doing that. I've seen some interesting things happen. Um, I guess in terms of like communicating with staff, I think is really important. You kind of have to, I can't remember who told me this. It was another remodeler um, who said, if you don't create the narrative for your staff, they're going to create their own. So you sort mm -hmm. of need to have constant updates as to how this pandemic is affecting the business for which they're employed and what that means for their situation and for the company situation. But at the same time, and I want to stress this so much, and I feel like I stress that in the article that you mentioned, is that information overload and Zoom fatigue, these things are real. And if you just like keep throwing information at your customers just to reassure them that you're you know following guidelines, it's going to get old and they're just going to stop 
opening every communication that you give them. And same with your employees. Um, so just keep that in mind. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Um, cool. I mean, that that's really, James, that, that's really all I had um, for the podcast today. I, I think this is, you know, extremely valuable for home improvement companies. And thanks so much for coming on and sharing some of your insights from your perspective of Pro Remodeler. Yeah, it was, it was a good talk. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me on.